I got a cocktail of painkillers I take every day, and I'm sitting here like, I don't know what I'm doing, man. Like, I don't know. This is three years, three years, give or take three and a half years. And I'm like, man, like, I'm dying of pain. Like, none of these are opiates by any means. Uh, it's all nerve pain stuff. It's all yeah. like gabapentin. Uh, uh, fuck, what is this? We got, we got uh, carbamazepine, pregabalin, uh, naproxen. Uh, what else we got? Deloxetine. Yeah, a whole bunch of teens and gin. <laughs> whole bunch of teens and gins and big words. I don't fucking know, but I'm cranking into my body and I'm still in pain, so. What's going on, everybody? My name is Professor Parks, and today I get the pleasure of hanging out with a friend of mine, Louise Fay. She's from the UK, from Yorkshire area. She is an adaptive boxer. Uh, she's in a wheelchair just like myself and many other of my people that come onto the show, but she's taken her, her skill and honed it into a whole different craft. Like, you've started many different things when it comes to your chronic warriors when it comes to your podcast you've done uh you're an aromatherapist like you you your sky is the total fucking limits when it comes to you eh, louise like yeah it's been a it's been a bit of a whirlwind it has to be said the last few years but it's probably been randomly the best few years um that comes from, from something that you don't expect that goes on to be something pretty awesome like you just said so yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. so what ended up um what ended up happening with you yeah i know that you're a police officer for a long time you're a police officer for oh. about te 10 years <laughs> yeah 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 about 10 years give or take so was it on the job that something like that happened or no so this is the point that you just lost all of your listeners because you told them i was a police officer <laughs> oh fuck yeah everybody's just gone they're like oh we're out of here nah, i'm not about this chick and, uh, you know what that was a phenomenal 10 years i'd always wanted to be a police officer um so to to, to get to get in um uh, first time of asking was just like the dream and i didn't expect to do anything different 30 years that was me um but the long the long story short is i've had bits and pieces of problems with my knees all the way through childhood but I'd been really sporty and active um and you just kind of get on with it don't you but it, it it just turned out that they didn't look above or below my knees and it, I had um, a minor form of hip dysplasia that had worsened over time and uh, into my into my adulthood really um and I went in for a routine surgery on the right hip which was the worst of the two but I walked in relatively pain-free. Um, generally, it was, you know, doing my job that was causing the pain, doing sports and things like that. Um, and unfortunately, it failed. It failed um, uh, mechanically, but also left me with some nerve damage in my right leg and hip. So that was kind of the start of the end of the policing career. Um, but it kind of transpired that... Um, I also had a degenerative condition that was affecting the discs um, in my spine, predominantly my lumbar initially, and that was um, pressing onto the nerves that run into my legs. So, so you not only, sorry to interrupt you, so you not only had this hip replacement surgery, you also had this spinal dysplasia at the exact same time, kind of trying to figure all this out. What's going on with my knees? Why is my back hurting? My God, why am I in so much fucking pain right now? Yeah, literally. And I knew, I knew it wasn't me 
because I'd always been active in sport. I found, I swam my first length before my first birthday. Um, you know, I danced to a high level and it was all of this stuff that I had to stop because of these niggling problems. You were a cyclist um, too, I read that. You were a cyclist, a swimmer growing up too. Yeah, literally I lived outdoors. Any activity, I was there hiking, climbing, swimming, open water swimming, you name it, I'd, I'd do it. Um, Mind you, you name it now and I'll do it. I'll just do it in a chair or on crutches. <laughs> Adaptive. Let's go. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was that was kind of the, yeah, it, it all kind of come together. Um, I was medically retired from the police. Um, and for the first year, I, I felt really damn sorry for myself. I'm massively depressed, suffered majorly from anxiety. I'd gone from this strong, confident, fit woman to a shadow of that former kind of self, really. Um, I didn't know how to look after myself, def defend myself, feel independent, feel safe on the streets. Something that I was doing, keeping the streets safe. So it just felt, it just, but I gave myself a year as a pity party and was like, right, this, we need to stop. We need to snap out of it. Um, and I got back in the pool. Um, I'd done a bit of hydrotherapy um, during the recovery side of things, got back in the pool, loved it, obviously. I wasn't swimming with my legs, I was para-swimming. And I thought, right, I think I could probably go on and try and compete in, in, at some level in this sport. So I looked at my timings and contacted um, the, the Paralympic um, Committee here for swimming, uh, Team GB is based in Loughborough. And they said, this sounds great. Your timing sounds good. Uh, we'd love to look at you. Fill out this form, send it back, and we'll get you in. And the long and short of that form was that I wasn't disabled enough. I didn't fit the criteria. To be. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! How are you? <laughs> How are you not disabled enough to be? Oh my god! That's the first I've ever heard this. What the fuck? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm laughing. I wasn't laughing at the time. No, I'd be pissed. I'm sorry about laughing. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. So I kind of found myself in this like, what new... What the hell? I was just, I, What? What the fuck? Like, what? Good job you were sitting down when I told you that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't just stand up. Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have pissed. So, as you can maybe imagine, I fell out with swimming. <laughs> um, and I, I was I was gutted, and I, I didn't I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere because mm. I didn't fit in with my mainstream able-bodied sports and lifestyle. And this was my first experience of trying to get involved in a, a disabled community. I like that a little show. Also, it just shows you ready to go. This is my first experience. <laughs> Boom. I like that. That could not have happened any per more perfect. I didn't do that. I didn't edit that, by the way. That's so perfect. <laughs> I'll take full credit for that, but I didn't edit that at all. <laughs> like I say, I, I managed to get into a gym, found a brilliant personal trainer, and just off the cuff, I looked at the punch bag in the corner of the room, and I just went, Oh, I would have loved to have boxed, you know, when, when I would have been able to. I just never got the chance. And he just looked at, back at me and went, 
why don't you do it in your chair? And he looked at me like it was the most obvious thing. Right. Back at him as if to say, why didn't I think of that? Had he seen and, it before or something? No. So no. I looked, okay, okay. <laughs> nice. He, like I said, he's able-bodied. Um, he never even trained um, a disabled person before, um, really. Um, and so, yeah, it just... That was that was the rest was history. So literally, I put my first pair of gloves on that day, and I'm going to give you another really bad joke. But I was hooked. I was. Yeah. Hey, she was hooked, chat. I like that. Up and you've had hooks already, all in the space of ten minutes. Love it. You know what? I, going back to your, um, you know, everybody I find we have to have that first year of uh, sort of just like. Depression. Regardless, if you if you if you become paralyzed or you get yourself into a wheelchair and any sort of disability and you come out of that and you're just like, okay, let's go. I want to know what's wrong with you. I want to know what's mentally wrong with you because you know, like I I don't know, man. Like I other than I know a lot of people get into like a suicidal state. If you can kind of avoid that and let yourself mourn this loss that is like maybe a piece of you and then like adapt right like you were a swimmer prior you did some swimming you were a cycler prior maybe you've done some cycling now you know i haven't, I haven't done any hand cycling okay. but a hand bike i fancy the challenge <laughs> i would love to try a hand bike honestly i really would i've done it in the gym mm -hmm. like on the stationary one but i mm -hmm. bet you do but you have not done it open road you know what? That's awesome. So you met that you started boxing. You put your first pair of boxing gloves on, and I feel like, like you said, you're immediately hooked. You, you, this this boxing community is like a family to you now. Like the, I feel like the whole boxing community is very tight. It's very tight knit, very tight family. Man, I love it. I love listening to it. It is. It's phenomenal, and you see the you see people talk, hear people talk about the boxing family, and when you're outside of that, you really don't appreciate what that actually could mean but yeah it really is a huge support people think that boxing is quite an isolated sport because the only person that's in the ring is you and you're you're accountable for your actions and all of that but there's so much more um to boxing there is a family there is a support you'll have mentors that you might have taught you in your amateur year the six seven eight year old who you still phone up in your 20s as you've turned over pro you know um you can you go into any boxing gym male female able-bodied disabled and they'll go gloves are there what is there box beauty. <laughs> and they just welcome you with open arms beauty i love that man i love that a lot so you prior to you being disabled have you have you ever broken any bones like you were in the field before like a pretty active person you know like probably broke a couple bones prior eh yeah so. yeah absolutely. i was forever breaking stuff and snapping stuff and <laughs> yeah um i don't think i've got any cartilage left in my right knee <laughs> you ever have it where your knee like pops out and pops back in like that i used to have really bad knee problems growing up where my knee would pop out and pop right back in i just put Oh my god. Oh my for like two weeks your knee would just be just have a heartbeat throbbing. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those days of popping the old knee back in. Yeah, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> I can see 
see you literally the pain and you can still oh, remember fuck, i don't miss that at all let me tell you like, i'm just you lazy whole, you do that whole looking away and mm. Mm -hmm. And the sound just a like, oh my god! Sounds so hollow, right? <laughs> like, am I just some, am I just a Mr. Potato Head? Can I just pop myself together? Like, what's going on right now? <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, I, I'm Mrs. Potato Head because mine made that sound so noisy. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got your boxing community. Uh, who is your favorite boxer, like slash most recent fight that you'd like to watch? Oh gosh, um, when it comes to favorite boxer, I struggle because there's so many predominant females now in the sport. Oh, yeah. Whereas only a few short years ago, I would be able to pick out the odd name. I would always look to somebody like Leila Ali, who literally paved the way for, for females. Females, yep. But then when you look at somebody like Katie Taylor, who in her amateur career fought as Kay Taylor and walked into the, to the boxing ring with her head guard on already, so nobody knew she was a girl. I didn't know that. You know, so, she, so she's gone from that to being this undisputed, pound for pound, one of the best female boxers ever to be and still going on and defending titles left, right, and center. Women are whooping ass, let alone the they UFC. Are. I am seeing women whoop ass in the UFC. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, Terry Harper, I'm a massive fan of Terry. She's a Yorkshire girl. She's 10 minutes down the road from me. Um, and only two short years ago, she was still working in the chippy to pay her bills so she could get through this professional, you know, uh, boxing career. And albeit she's had awful hand injuries recently and that's affected some stuff. Um, again, that, that fight last year um, at fight camp on the, the matchroom um, card with Harper and Jonas, fight of the year. Yeah. Abs absolutely. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> love it. Love it. So you've done, um, so you've, have you always been a part of a plant-based diet? I know now you're part of you a plant-based diet nowadays. I don't know if you're still doing that. No. So that came about through, through the disability. Um, I started to understand that wheat created inflammation, sugar feeds nerve pain. Um, I'm not going to go into antibiotics and meat and things like that, but I started to look at what I do and do everything in my power to make the best of my situation. And for me, food was the game changer. So I follow a predominantly plant-based diet. I do eat organic eggs, um, I'm locally sourced um, fish, very rarely. Um, and I'll have the odd bit of dairy if it's come from somewhere local. And again, I can trace it back. But the main thing that, that came from that plant-based diet is I was taking 28 painkillers a day and I dropped that down to 11. Yeah, man, this is me. I'm all like fucking painkillers. Like I got a cocktail of painkillers I take every day and I'm sitting here like, I don't know what I'm doing, man. Like, I don't know. This is three years, three years, give or take three and a half years. And I'm like, man, like, I'm dying of pain. Like, none of these are opiates by any means. Uh, it's all nerve pain stuff. 
It's all yeah. like gabapentin. Uh, uh, fuck, what is this? We got, we got uh, carbamazepine, pregabalin, uh, naproxen. Uh, what else we got? Deloxetine. Yeah, a whole bunch of teens and gin. <laughs> whole bunch of teens and gins and big words. I don't fucking know, but I'm cranking into my body and I still am pain, so. And this is it. And so massively um, brought that down. But within literally a couple of weeks, I, I'd lost almost two dress sizes and it wasn't in weight. It was swelling. It was inflammation that had literally been sat in my thighs and my pelvis and around my, my back, my tummy. And it just be it constantly been feeding away, feeding away, feeding away. Bye-bye, love handles. Bye-bye. just went. Yeah. Went. Like I say, it wasn't weight. It wasn't fat. It was it was just this inflammation. Hmm. My legs swell up. I don't know if, that's, if that has anything to do with inflammation. Like, my whole thing is I have an autoimmune disease. I wasn't shot in the back. I wasn't in an accident, yeah. nothing crazy. I have an autoimmune disease called Ganbre syndrome, and the Ganbre syndrome uh, was so aggressive, and we didn't treat it uh, right away, so I had so much time to attack my nerves, attack my cells, and all that stuff, uh, to where it formed a massive scar on my spinal cord, but it's an inflammation scar. Right? So maybe I sit here and think of, man, maybe if my diet wasn't so shit before, like maybe I wouldn't have had such bad inflammation or, you know, like maybe if the, throughout this time of recovery that I was, you know, more plant-based, I wouldn't have so much crap. Cause I went through a phase of just pure, uh, depression eating cookies and stuff left right and center like I blew up man like they they gave me steroids like not the fun steroids like the steroids like the like the ones to lower uh, inflammation and I blew my head blew up and then I started eating cookies like crazy and then my body blew up and then now I'm just like trying to like get myself back to normal which I'm really am starting to get there which is really nice uh, really not eating sugar at all but uh, if I could Figure out, man, like just a way to properly eat. Maybe I could lower this inflammation, chill out on these pills. Like I know you take CBD. I know that yep. maybe, does that help maybe? Yeah, but again with CBD, it, it's the quality of the CBD mm. and it's given the right dose and been educated in how to take it properly. Because again, there's so much misinformation out there. Um, people will go give it a try. They'll have got, poor quality cbd they'll have not been given the right dose for their condition and their weight and mm. then they'll go oh that doesn't work pass me those opiate back again yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you're not out here smoking a fucking humongous can of cbd you're taking droplets under your tongue kind of thing like you're doing it properly right? yeah absolutely um it, and so I mentioned to you um, just before we came on about that kind of chronic lifestyle so it's not just about the boxing it's about a healthy lifestyle for your body and your mind and what you put in you get out yeah you know um so even if i have like a treat weekend nowadays you know here and there i can tell i feel like a different person come monday i'm not as happy i'm more hungry than what i was the week before hmm. um because your body's craving the stuff that you've just been treating it to. <laughs> mm -hmm. wild yeah yeah so when it comes to living life uh now and this how long has it been since you've been disabled uh five years last month 
Okay, yeah. so five years. Well, five years. So how do you feel things have been? Did you have your dog Demas prior to being disabled? Yeah, so okay. his life changed massively. Um, we were so active. Um, so we used to do a six-mile ice cycle. He used to run with me every morning before work, then come home, take him out again. All those weekends in the, the dales and, you know, doing the hiking and the walking and the open water swimming, he'd do it all with me. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So how, he's, how old is he now? <laughs> he's 11 in July. Maybe he maybe he's liking this. Maybe he's like, you know, <laughs> maybe it's time to slow down. He's two. Yeah. Rocco, been... come here. I have a dog too. Oh, let me see. I'm gonna go get him. My dog is 13 years old. Oh, he's, he was, he he's was fucking behind me the whole time. Come here, Rocco. <laughs> come here, come here, come here. He was behind me the whole time in his cage. <laughs> he did, he just snuck out. I just pulled out. So yeah, Rocco's 13 and he thinks that he's three months old. Like he thinks that he's a puppy. He doesn't stop. He, uh, yeah, he doesn't. He barks. He he has fun. He doesn't. He's very obedient. But he only he'll bark when people come to the door and then stop the second they come in, kind of thing. Otherwise, he just I don't know. Like he's he's lazy. But the second I know you are lazy. The second we go outside, it is like he doesn't stop. He loves everybody. He wants to play. You know what I mean? But yeah, others otherwise just like Demas, just sleeping in his cage, yeah. hanging out. Doing his thing. He's quite happy. It has to be involved in every class, though. We cannot do a class without him coming along and just like letting you know you've done a good job. Demas approves. I'm so he's here. like, Demas <laughs> approves. Fuck. <laughs> how how much time do you spend in your chair? So I see that you uh, you have some like you're able you're able to stand. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you have crutches. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll try my best to, to use my crutches as much as I can. If I can give you an example, anything above a, a supermarket shop and above, I'm in my chair. Mm. Anything on that, I can I try my best to do it on my crutches. I just think use it until you lose it. And I know that it's degenerative. So it's all very much part of keeping strong. Yeah. So uh, was it? Fuck, I already forgot what you had on your spine there. It was uh, spinal stenosis. Is that what it was? There is some stenosis, but yeah, it's degenerative discs and the way that they're just dropped and prolapsed, um, they're pushing on the nerves that run into my legs. Okay. Um, it causes neuropathic pain condition in my legs, but unfortunately it's now in my neck and it's affecting my right arm. Um, but there might be some surgery for my neck uh, in the not too distant future. So we're oh, keeping no. our fingers yeah, yeah. So recently, uh, you were nominated for the National Diversity Award. That's pretty fucking cool, man. What was that all about? Tell me about that. Look at her, look at her blush. I, I, yeah, I still feel like overwhelmed that that even happened. Like, wow. wow. That was right after I hit you up to do the podcast. And it was like two, three days later. I'm like, oh shit, we're talking about that. <laughs> Yeah, so um, the National Diversity Awards celebrate um, all things in diversity. So there's different categories. Um, and I've, I can't even say it with a straight face. I've, <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been nominated for, sounds stupid, Entrepreneur of Excellence. Hey! 
It's based on the work that we've done throughout the pandemic in bringing accessible boxing classes to uh, to the world um, and, and what's come off the back of it. But I need to say that none of that would have happened if it hadn't have been for the amazing people that signed up in the first place. So we are a family. We're a boxing family. We're a community. So this nomination, albeit as my flipping name on it, it's not for everybody it's for okay. everybody yeah it and then so that happened on the one day and then six days later we found out we'd been nominated for a second one shut up <laughs> which is for organization uh, organizations in the community and that is for the work that the warriors have done together to build this amazing family through these times of adversity wow. so I am so proud of everybody who's been involved, from anyone who's just shared a post to coming on to a class, to leaving a review, whatever. It's all meant that we can carry it going and that we've been nominated, so. That's, un that's unbelievable. And that just shows the power of a community, the power of like people helping and sharing and being a part of something that's not, you know, so mainstream, right? This is different. This is diverse. This is totally, this is why you're being nominated for such a different thing. Well, we had three wheelchair boxes on the first day of lockdown, which would have been the 23rd of March, 2020. And now we have over 400 people on the group, 65 members and over 35 active members. And when I say active, they've boxed within the last month. Wow. Um, and like I say, I haven't done all that. It's all of everybody, the whole team. Yeah, you're not everybody. going around the world doing all this. This is very community, but this is awesome. Like stuff like this and is amazing to hear. This is my opportunity to say, a huge thank you to two people in particular. Rocks, Chatter Rocks, Steel, my mental health lead, my social media guru, and just absolute support. Thank you so much because without you, seriously, not not <laughs> not an awful lot <laughs> of posts that you see would get done and, and that shares everything. And then also to Debs, uh, Debs, Tyson Bashford. Um, again, she helped support me in setting up the nonprofit organization. Um, and we spent hours on Zoom doing paperwork and all of that sort of stuff. So without my two warrior women, yeah. That's amazing. So you started you started that podcast called Chatterbox with the with yeah. the um, what's her name? The first one. Rock Steel. Yeah, Rock Steel. Yeah, yeah. You guys, and I was listening to the first couple. I listened to the first two. And then just before I jumped on to the, and did this podcast with you, I was listening to the most recent one about mental health. And, like, yeah, she is a very, like, outgoing, very, like, chatterbox. Like, she's a very nice human being. Like, she's amazing. Um, absolutely amazing. And the work that she does for the disabled community, aside from just with the Warriors, has been brilliant. Yeah. Um, she Ability Rights UK and the Young Women's Trust. So not only is she representing disabled people, but she's representing disabled women as well. Um, and yeah, very, very intelligent, very competent young lady. Amazing. Yes, that's awesome. Sorry, what did you say? On our podcast. I'd love to come on your podcast. Yes. I'd love to come on your podcast anytime. 
perfect. Any time, any time. The um, what is the funniest way? I know this is a totally different option, totally different uh, topic. But we were talking about you being injured. What is the funniest way of you being injured? We try to lighten it up a little bit here. You think there's a Ooh. most recently? What's the funniest way you've been injured? Those are the funniest things that happened to you recently. I can't give you a recent one, but I can give you a really funny one. Yeah. I was gluing on some nail extensions to my nails, obviously, and the glue slipped out of my hand and flicked up and landed on my eye, and then I put my hand on my eye, so I glued my eye shut and my hand to my eye. That was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it gets better. It gets better because the person that was with me picked up the glue, ran me down to the medic and said, she's got glue in her eye. And they said, show me what it is. And he's gone that and the glue was stuck to his hand. So he was in one bay and I was in the other, both been doused in saline. So they should try to prize this stuff off. Oh my God. So the saline try to separate the glue and stuff. Yeah, you're literally like this for hours. Like, mm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. It was, yeah, so it wasn't too recent, but probably the funniest. That's funny. That's so funny. I see you have a little tattoo right here. What is that? Uh, so I've got two. Oh. This one um, is my police collar number um, in Farsi writing, um, and it's got a thin blue line through the middle, thin blue line to signal the police, and through the middle to signify that it's ended, and on the wrist, because the handcuffs are off. Fuck, that's so cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, what and that one, Burham family. So it's the same name from my father's side, and then family. So mm, that's very cool. for all the in the D side of the family. No matter whether we get married, we'll all still be D's. <laughs> perfect, perfect, man. So, <laughs> sorry, you're. Uh, I don't really know what an aromatherapist is. I know that my mom grew up an Urban Day hippie. And I know that everywhere I went, there was fucking scents and beads and just all this crazy hippie shit. So when I hear aromatherapy, boom, I think my mom. Is that something along the same lines there? I can confirm I'm not your mom. Okay. But (laughs) you're probably not far wrong. Yeah. Um, so aromatherapy uh, primarily is working with essential essential oils. Um, Yeah. To alleviate a multitude of symptoms or side effects from something that they can be emotional or physical um yeah and that genuinely works or what like what do you think that for a guy like me that's stressing out i'm think with me here's my bay if i had to give you my main problem in life it's not being in a wheelchair it's being in a wheelchair in pain you know, the pain is what kills me. I could have a genie, I say it all the time. If a genie were to come up to me and be like, Brandon, either I can make you stand, but you'll still be in pain, or wheelchair and not be in pain, it's the wheelchair every time, I wouldn't even finish my breath. 100%, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it came at the same time as that plant-based lifestyle, trying not to t- chuck all this crap down my neck. Um, and so I do a, am I allowed to plug here? I don't know if I'm allowed. Um, what are the oh, yeah, prized or proud um, oils is called Secret Garden Um, and it's a blend of specific essential oils that help to target nerve pain and joint pain 
and also with the inflammation around that area. Um, and because it's completely chemical free, you can use it as much or as little as you like. It's not thinning the skin, um, like a lot of like the deep heats and those kind of real strong um, ibuprofen cream kind of things. Burns. Uh, yeah, and just little tricks like lathering that area in the oil, wrapping it in cling film for half an hour, really letting it penetrate into that joint or into those nerves, um, and giving yourself that self care, massaging those oils in. All of the all of that forms part of the, the holistic therapy so whilst you're applying it um to the skin you can smell it so those essential oil receptors um in your in the front of your brain obviously travel you know attaches to these receptors and that then links to uh, memories um whether they be positive and negative and that's where aromatherapy really works so mm -hmm. if you're you were saying about earlier about being stressed so Sandalwood, for example, is really nice as a grounding, relaxing, calming oil. Yeah, sandalwood, and I put the sandalwood under my pits. There you go, right? Sure. So that smell, and it makes you feel fresh and clean on a morning, then that is a smell that would work really well for you. So if the sandalwood in that oil, you're feeling grounded, you're feeling relaxed as you're applying this because you're getting the aromatherapy benefit and applying it subcutaneously going into the skin mm -hmm. you know what i need it's not about it's not even about like jumping into this lifestyle of like plant-based therapy plant-based and and therapy and all that shit but i do really want like i've i've recently gotten the fuck, the good foods that come to your door hello fresh yeah we we those are the hello freshes we looked at how accessible they were perfect they're fucking perfect. I don't want to go to the grocery store, okay, all the time, especially where I'm at right now. We're in a serious lockdown. We're in like lockdown number four. And our premier is just doing whatever the hell he wants. My, our premier is a joke. So um, with that being said, like this HelloFresh coming to my door and give me, giving me those meals, it is unbelievable. The amount of pizza and stuff that I, that I ate prior to that is ridiculous like i find now like you said when i eat when i'm like damn i didn't take out the chicken too early right so i might as well order a pizza or some wings i feel so shitty i feel like i feel genuinely terrible the next day then it's like that day it's the next day and i'm still kind of like even the next day after where i'm like man i should have never eaten that like that was crazy and i don't know if my body considers it a treat or whatever but i go in I go, I go in on this pizza, right? So, so when I eat like the good foods and I start getting into like eating a lot more vegetables and shit, I feel great. I feel much better. I notice that I'm losing weight. I wouldn't mind getting into different scents. I love my, I love my incense. I have one. My mom passed away when I was 18, and I kept a lot of her hippie shit. So one of her hippie things is like, uh, it's like a incense holder. Yeah. And I'm cranking it. I'm, there's never, there's incense lit right now. Like there's never not incense lit in my house. It, and like you were saying about smells, it reminds you of things, like a memory style thing. Well, we could certainly create something that would help you um, feel close to your mum as well. Mm -hmm. um, you could burn that around with your incense and stuff. So we could work on that. We can yeah. do that. That'd be fucking awesome, man. That'd be awesome. I would love that. I would love that. If you had, if you could have a dinner with anybody, uh, dead or alive, what would you? Who would you choose? Three people. Three people. Okay. So I don't know if you're gonna know him, 
<laughs> so alive, Trevor McDonald. He's, <laughs> he's, oh, he's a rapper. He's a rapper. No. No, he's not a rapper. No, okay. I thought he was a white rapper with the dreads. I thought that. Or he was talking about. No, he's um he's a black um journalist, news reporter, news reader who um, coming up through the 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 eighties and nineties was um you're you're searching him, you're googling him, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and he was he was just a face that was constantly on the TV for me growing up, and I love his voice and I love his knowledge and oh! the, as in stuff and i'm a big reggae fan and i've got my my friend's got a dub plate with trevor mcdonald on it and he calls himself trevor ranks and he freestyles a few bars on this reggae track on his dub plate from like the 80s and since i heard that i've just got so many questions <laughs> trevor mcdonald an improbable uh, life trevor ranks definitely um Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to. Ah, this is so tough. I'm gonna go with Muhammad Ali. Hell yes. Hell yes. Do I even need to say why? Mm -hmm. Um. Are, oh, you, are your parents around still? Name off the top of my head, and I always say um from um the Sheik. Oh. Now oh. Roger. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. I wasn't the guy I was thinking of. As fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he is just the most smooth musician. Yeah, so completely different people, but. So, good. what kind of music you say that you're into uh, reggae and stuff like that? What kind of music are you into other than just, is it just strictly reggae? Yeah, reggae, rootsy, kind of dub, um, all the old. I love the 80s rubber dub. Um, love it. 70s, like real melodic lovers rock and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I'm not great on current music, if I'm honest. I'm really, like I say, really old school and probably stuck in my ways with my reggae. Um, but I can appreciate all the different, all different. Current music <laughs> isn't very good, anyways, man. Don't worry about it. You're not missing much. What about you? If I had to have dinner with three people, it'd probably be one of them being Will Smith. The dude yeah, is an absolute legend. Like he's just very, he's very knowledgeable. The, the, just the path that he's taken in life. I don't, I've always wanted to kind of be like Will. I've always figured myself younger, like the same as him, chilling, happy, ch uh, flirt with the girls or whatever. That was just always me, right? Didn't matter about the skin color, man. It was the same shit to me. I was all day long with the Will Smith. Um, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe Rogan, because I mean, Joe Rogan's the man when it comes to everything, right? Yeah. Even when it's like watching that guy go from Fear Factor to small parts of movies and then uh, really just explode with the UFC commentating and then the podcasting. It was like, whoa, what the hell? And like just the, again, with the knowledge, the amount of knowledge that I could take in from these guys, not to mention just get stone, drunk and stoned as shit and talk about it. <laughs> and then uh, my favorite music uh, musician is Machine Gun Kelly. I don't, you probably don't know him, MGK. Uh, I'll throw him in the mix too, just because me and him are the exact same person. Literally, like he's like two years older than I am. And watching him grow up, I remember in high school, somebody came up to me and was like, hey man, you remind me of this artist. He's like an underground artist, Machine Gun Kelly. And I went and looked him up. I didn't really like him. Didn't really think I looked like him. And then turns out 
a year or two later, a friend of mine was like, hey, you want to go Machine Gun Kelly's show? I had never been to a show before. I said, yeah, sure. Went to my very first show as him. I loved him. I got a huge tattoo right here of like, I can't, I probably couldn't lift it up. But yeah, I just love him. I just love him and his music. So to throw him in the mix with Will Smith and uh, Joe Rogan, I think it'd be a wild time. It'd be wild. So, I mean, it'd be some, it'd be some crazy Motley Crue type shit. It'd be wild. <laughs> Coming to your party. <laughs> <laughs> The thing was, when I was younger, man, like prior to me being in a chair, like a lot of some of my friends say, like, maybe this happened for a reason, like a blessing, like maybe I wouldn't be around anymore uh, if this had never happened to me. Um, I ran into a bit of money after uh, my chair, after coming out of my chair, just because of a, a pass away, uh, an inheritance. And my friends were just like, man, if you had gotten into that and you were still partying, getting into like the coke and stuff like that you might not be here anymore right you might have, you might have just partied yourself right out right Kurt Cobain style or, you know you and, or I guess Kurt Cobain shot himself in the face but uh yeah. <laughs> wrong guy Jimi Hendrix uh <laughs> but yeah I don't know we're here uh I've invested all my money I've learned into uh learned into what money really could be and it's not alcohol and drugs and partying. It is investing for your future. I now have all my money invested. I'll have a house in the future. Um, I think that things are coming up for me in my life. I think it, the only thing I need to focus on is pain. Like I, I have my disability that I get from the government. That's great. I don't want to be on disability for the rest of my life. I want to be a member of society. I want to be like paying taxes. I don't care. Like I want to pay tax. I want to be a part of society and not because I'm in a very like my where I live. It's full of poverty. So watching that and just being like, man, I don't want to be. Do not loop me in with these guys. Like I am not a crackhead. I am not a homeless person. I'm just in a wheelchair. Leave me alone. You know what I mean? It's and that's the whole why we talk right now. That's why we have our things to to show a little bit of awareness towards that we can live. Um, I got yelled at for saying a normal life because we don't live normal lives. Somebody got really angry when I tried to come to them on the podcast. I was like, hey, would you like to come on my podcast? You know, like trying to show people that we live normal lives. And she was like, well, I don't live a normal life. And she was very obviously still in this dark place, right? She was still in that first year of dark places so i was like you know what you do your thing clearly i remember being in that spot so yeah we don't live normal lives but we can live normal lives like we can live i don't even know how to say it like adaptive lives you know what i mean like it is what it is it, it, well everybody's normal is their own kind of normal so whatever normal means to you right that's all um so that person will live a, a normal life. It's normal to her. It might not be normal to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's that's the great thing about podcasts like like these because it's raising that awareness and being able to have those conversations about those terms. Um, I hate people saying they suffer from something. I'm a big believer in the language that you use is the language that you believe. Mm. So. I learned quite quickly that I wasn't going to suffer from depression. I was going to manage depression. And funnily enough, <laughs> I had a new patient appointment. I moved house, so I've been to a new GP surgery. And so they were asking me all these questions. And she was like, do you suffer from anxiety and depression? I went, no, I manage it from mm. it. I went, no, I manage it. Yeah, but you suffer from depression. That's what I asked. 
And I've just said to her what I've just said to you. And she thought I was being awkward. And I kind she of She thought you were being cheeky. Yeah. Doctor and I went, do you not think that this is the problem? If 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 a if a person's going into a doctor's surgery and the per the, the GP or the nurse is saying suffer and all of these negative words, you're gonna come out of there feeling negative about what it is that you you've gone for. Yes, I'm gonna have depression, but I manage it. That mm. doesn't mean day is good. You have good days, you have bad days, but I manage my condition. You manage your pain. Um, we're going to manage it even better in the future with some mm. essential oils yeah. um, and stuff, you know? Um, and I think that going back to that the whole word normal, it's your own kind of normal. Mm -hmm. I have a big problem with talking down to myself, like even in my own head. Like if I fuck something up, I'm like, oh, you idiot. Like, what the doing like you're stupid like and i think that like even growing up like i had like uh like my mother would call me a fool a lot when i would do something wrong like oh you fool what are you doing you fool and i would and like i said to myself now you know i need to i need to separate that from my life like the, if you talk about yourself in a certain way like that's what's gonna you're gonna portray yourself in that way man like you're gonna you're gonna feel down you're gonna, even if i don't say it out loud i'm saying it in my head and i would really like to not do that uh, like I said, I think that my biggest problem is pain and when I get in pain, I get anxiety and I get when I get anxiety The pain's worse and it just it's really just a, a snowball effect of Bullshit, right? So yeah Yeah, mm -hmm. it totally is it totally is and I get it and that's again the great thing about our community mm -hmm. It's always Sounds. community man i love it i love communities so we usually end this uh podcast with a would you rather segment now a couple of these questions i've been asking quite often i like to ask something different uh oh, fuck you don't really mm, i got a bunch of random 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 questions i think the thing we'll go with uh with you would be would you rather be a deep sea diver or an astronaut? And this is big. Think oh, about your disability. This is, oh, that's not fair. That's, that's, what we're here. that's what we're here for. We're here for. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to play with the fishes. All I'm right, sorry. go and swim with the fish. Hey, hey, you're already a swimmer. You're already a I'm, swimmer. I know, as soon as you said sea, I was like, there's no other yeah. compatible. I'm there. But remember, um, you're not disabled enough to be a swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> remember that. Diver. You said a deep sea diver. Deep, deep, deep sea diver. I like that. He can't stop me from being a deep sea diver. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So where can my audience find you, Faye? Uh, on um, Chronic Warrior uk.org chronic warrior that's your website eh right yeah um and on there you'll find all of the stuff to do with the boxing emotional health nutrition aromatherapy so it covers all of that isn't like i said it's an adaptive lifestyle um and then all of our social media is chronic underscore warriors across everything Love and that's it, man. a at the beginning and a k at the end guys Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, just really quickly. Yeah. The Chronic Warrior title, Brandon Kane, because, and you'll appreciate this, 
people who suffer or manage chronic pain call chronic pain warriors. Right. Okay. And we use a lot of hemp in our oils. Mm. And you know that chronic with a K at the beginning and a K at the end is also a colloquial term for hemp-based products. Um, and so it's a nod to the chronic warrior community and to the fact that we use natural stuff. Hey, I like that. I also like your puppy. He's so cute. He's too cute. I can't what? believe the whole way through this yeah yeah slap the whole thing what is this little collar is this like a, a belt oh what on his picture huh. it's actually a wbc world champion belt collar. <laughs> yes i love that um, yeah lovely guy um but WBC Dave Walker is he manages Reyes for the UK and, and WBC here. Uh, he gave it to to my little champ. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'd love to talk to you more. I'd love to get on your podcast. So if you want to hit yeah. me up and we'll do that, we'll talk more off air and uh, we'll do our thing. I'd love 100%. to do that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Take care, Louise. Take care. Bye, honey. <laughs>